O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom for ever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Wednesday, January 5th. The Word of God is what protects us against deception and delusion. In the world we now live in, finding truth is something you have to seek after with all of your heart, because there are so many lies being pushed and promoted through the mainstream media. We must love truth and seek after truth. Truth is a person, and that person is Yeshua. We are warned about a strong, deluding spirit that will be present in the end days, as it is written in 2 Thessalonians 2, 9-12. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan, with all power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie, that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Beloved, I believe we are rapidly approaching the end days, so guard your mind and your heart by staying in the Word and staying close to Yeshua. Are you being blessed by this ministry? Please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the New Living Translation for the Hebrew Scriptures and for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Bo, and it means Go. Exodus eleven four to twelve twenty. Moses had announced to Pharaoh, This is what the Lord says, At midnight tonight I will pass through the heart of Egypt. All the firstborn sons will die in every family in Egypt, from the oldest son of Pharaoh, who sits on his throne, to the oldest son of his lowliest servant girl, who grinds the flour. Even the firstborn of all the livestock will die. Then a loud wail will rise throughout the land of Egypt, a wail like no one has heard before or will ever hear again. But among the Israelites it will be so peaceful that not even a dog will bark. Then you will know that the Lord makes a distinction between the Egyptians and the Israelites. All the officials of Egypt will run to me and fall to the ground before me. Please leave, they will beg. Hurry, 
and take all your followers with you. Only then will I go. Then, burning with anger, Moses left Pharaoh. Now the Lord had told Moses earlier, Pharaoh will not listen to you, but then I will do even more mighty miracles in the land of Egypt. Moses and Aaron performed these miracles in Pharaoh's presence, but the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he wouldn't let the Israelites leave the country. When the Israelites were still in the land of Egypt, the Lord gave the following instructions to Moses and Aaron. From now on, this month will be the first month of the year for you. Announce to the whole community of Israel that on the tenth day of this month, each family must choose a lamb or a young goat for a sacrifice, one animal for each household. If a family is too small to eat a whole animal, let them share with another family in the neighborhood. Divide the animal according to the size of each family and how much they can eat. The animal you select must be a one-year-old male, either a sheep or a goat with no defects. Take special care of this chosen animal until the evening of the fourteenth day of this first month. Then the whole assembly of the community of Israel must slaughter their lamb or young goat at twilight. They are to take some of the blood and smear it on the sides and top of the door frames of the houses where they eat the animal. That same night they must roast the meat over a fire and eat it along with bitter salad greens and bread made without yeast. Do not eat any of the meat raw or boiled in water. The whole animal, including the head, legs, and internal organs, must be roasted over a fire. Do not leave any of it until the next morning. Burn whatever is not eaten before morning. These are your instructions for eating this meal. Be fully dressed, wear your sandals, and carry your walking stick in your hand. Eat the meal with urgency, for this is the Lord's Passover. On that night I will pass through the land of Egypt and strike down every firstborn son and firstborn male animal in the land of Egypt. I will execute judgment against all the gods of Egypt, for I am the Lord. But the blood on your doorposts will serve as a sign, marking the houses where you are staying. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. This plague of death will not touch you when I strike the land of Egypt. This is a day to remember. Each year, from generation to generation, you must celebrate it as a special festival to the Lord. This is a law for all time. For seven days the bread you eat must be made without yeast. On the first day of the festival, remove every trace of yeast from your homes. Anyone who eats bread made with yeast during the seven days of the festival will be cut off from the community of Israel. On the first day of the festival, and again on the seventh day, all the people must observe an official day for holy assembly. No work of any kind may be done on these days except in the preparation of food. Celebrate this festival of unleavened bread, for it will remind you that I brought your forces out of the land of Egypt on this very day. This festival will be a permanent law for you. Celebrate this day from generation 
to generation. The bread you eat must be made without yeast from the evening of the fourteenth day of the first month until the evening of the twenty-first day of that month. During those seven days there must be no trace of yeast in your homes. Anyone who eats anything made with yeast during this week will be cut off from the community of Israel. These regulations apply both to the foreigners living among you and to the native-born Israelites. During those days, you must not eat anything made with yeast. Wherever you live, eat only bread made with yeast. Isaiah 29, and 23 That is why the Lord who redeemed Abraham says to the people of Israel, My people will no longer be ashamed or turn pale with fear. For when they see their many children and all the blessings I have given them, they will recognize the holiness of the Holy One of Israel. They will stand in awe of the God of Jacob. Then the wayward will gain understanding and complainers will accept instruction. Matthew 5, 1-26 One day, as he saw the crowds gathering, Yeshua went up on the mountainside and sat down. His disciples gathered around him, and he began to teach them. God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you, because you are my followers. Be happy about it, be very glad, for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. You are the salt of the earth, but what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see, so that everyone will praise your Heavenly Father. Don't misunderstand why I have come. I did not come to abolish the Torah of Moses or the writings of the prophets. 
No, I came to accomplish their purpose. I tell you the truth, until heaven and earth disappear, not even the smallest detail, jot or tittle, of the Torah will disappear until its purpose is achieved. So, if you ignore the least commandment and teach others to do the same, you will be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But anyone who obeys God's laws and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. But I warn you, unless your righteousness is better than the righteousness of the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. You have heard that our ancestors were told you must not murder. If you commit murder, you are subject to judgment. But I say, if you are even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. If you call someone an idiot, you are in danger of being brought before the court. And if you curse someone, you are in danger of the fires of hell. So, if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple, and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person. Then come and offer your sacrifice to God. When you are on the way to court with your adversary, settle your differences quickly. Otherwise, your accuser may hand you over to the judge, who will hand you over to an officer, and you will be thrown into prison. And if that happens, you surely won't be free again until you have paid the last penny. Psalm 5, 1-12 O Lord, hear me as I pray. Pay attention to my groaning. Listen to my cry for help, my King and my God. For I pray to no one but you. Listen to my voice in the morning, Lord. Each morning I bring my requests to you and wait expectantly. O God, you take no pleasure in wickedness. You cannot tolerate the sins of the wicked. Therefore the proud may not stand in your presence, for you hate all who do evil. You will destroy those who tell lies. The Lord detests murderers and deceivers. Because of your unfailing love, I can enter your house. I will worship at your temple with deepest awe. Lead me in the right path, O Lord, or my enemies will conquer me. Make your way plain for me to follow. My enemies cannot speak a truthful word. Their deepest desire is to destroy others. Their talk is foul, like the stench from an open grave. Their tongues are filled with flattery. O God, declare them guilty. Let them be caught in their own traps. Drive them away because of their many sins, for they have rebelled against you. But let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them sing joyful praises forever. Spread your protection over them, that all who love your name may be filled with joy. For you bless the godly, O Lord. You surround them with your shield of love. Proverbs 1, 24-28 
I, Wisdom, called you so often, but you wouldn't come. I reached out to you, but you paid no attention. You ignored my advice and rejected the correction I offered. So I will laugh when you are in trouble. I will mock you when disaster overtakes you, when calamity overtakes you like a storm, when disaster engulfs you like a cyclone, and anguish and distress overwhelm you. When they cry for help, I will not answer. Though they anxiously search for me, they will not find me. I want to speak to you today from our Torah portion from Exodus 11 and 12, and then we're going to jump into one of my very favorite chapters in the whole Bible, Matthew chapter 5, which covers the Sermon on the Mount. But let's begin now in Exodus chapter 11. And in this chapter, we see that now we're getting into the final plague of Egypt. And the Lord is revealing to Moses that he's going to strike Pharaoh and the land of Egypt with one last blow. And that all the firstborn sons, from the least to the greatest, would die. And he instructs Moses to to have a Passover lamb, each family have a Passover lamb, and to eat it in haste, and to apply the blood of this lamb upon the lintels or the door frames of their homes, and that when the angel of death goes throughout Egypt, he would pass over any homes that have the blood that is on the door frames. Now there's a couple of principles here I want to unpack. First is the principle of measure for measure, the principle of sowing and reaping. Recall that when Moses was first born, Pharaoh instructed all of the firstborn males to be tossed into the river Nile. And that would have been the fate of Moses. So Moses' mom and dad hid him. They put him in a little wicker basket and put him on the river and committed him into the hands of the Lord rather than just throw him into the river to die. And so what the Egyptians sowed against the Hebrews is now they're reaping it. And God's judgment is coming down upon them. And this would be the final thing that would finally break the hardened heart of Pharaoh, that he would release them and let them go. So that principle applies today. If there is great injustice going on in this world, if many people are dying from taking the jab, if not right away, then maybe three months later or six months later or even two years later, that all of these deaths and all of these uh, adverse events, people who are disabled because of the jab, there's going to be a day of reckoning. And everything that has been sown will be reaped by the perpetrators. If something against you has been done, um, if a business has been destroyed, shut down, shuttered, because of lockdowns and quarantines, the Lord sees all this and he has a day of reckoning that is coming. Now, the other picture that we can unpack in this passage is 
that when we apply the, do- the blood of Yeshua upon the door frame of our heart, and we open that door and we ask Yeshua to come in, he does come in. That's the moment of salvation. That's the moment of being born again. And it's the blood of Yeshua that washes away our sins, that covers us from the angel of death, that grants us life everlasting, eternal, eternal life. It is that precious blood of Yeshua. So if you have never asked him into your heart, I encourage you to pray that prayer today, to repent of your sins and turn to him. Ask him into your heart. Apply the blood of Yeshua to the doorframe of your heart and ask him to come and dwell within you. Now I want to jump into Matthew chapter 5, and there are several beautiful pearls in here that I'd like to unpack and talk with you about. He begins with what I call the Beatitudes. Blessed are they who are mourning, for they will be comforted. Blessed are they who are humble, they will inherit the whole earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled, they will be satisfied. Again, it's this principle of sowing and reaping in a positive way. Blessed are those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. If we plant seeds of mercy into the lives of others, we will be shown mercy. Blessed are those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. And blessed are those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Now let's jump into 17 and 18, verses 17 and 18, because this is something that has been greatly misunderstood throughout the centuries in the mainstream church. In the mainstream church, um, there is a, a doctrine that's not normally overtly taught. It's sort of beneath the surface. It's an assumption, a working operating assumption. It's called replacement theology. And the idea goes something like this, that uh, the Old Testament gave us the Torah and the law, Moses, but when Yeshua came along, he did away with the law. He nailed the law, the Torah, to the cross, and we're not under the law anymore. Now we are to follow Christ, and we're to follow the Holy Spirit. And if you try to follow the law or the Torah, then you're a legalist. And so... Really, the Old Testament becomes irrelevant, and now we just follow the New Testament, and we follow the Holy Spirit and Jesus, Yeshua. But this is, there could be nothing further from the truth. This is an absolute lie from the pit of hell, and the fruit of this lie has led to terrible destruction. It has led to the pogroms, to the Inquisition, to the Crusades, to the Holocaust much persecution against the Jewish people, who are the ones who faithfully scribed and copied the Torah over the centuries and gave it to us, gave it it to the world. So let's read verses 17 and 18. Don't misunderstand why I have come. I did not come to abolish the Torah of Moses or the writings of the prophets. No, 
I came to accomplish their purpose. I tell you the truth, until heaven and earth disappears, not even the smallest detail, jot or tittle, of God's Torah will disappear until its purpose is achieved. Verse 19, So if you ignore the least commandment and teach others to do the same, you will be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But anyone who obeys God's laws and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. So now why did Yeshua have to come? Why wasn't it enough that the Torah was given to us from Mount Sinai through Moses? Yeshua had to come because the problem was not with the Torah. The problem was with the people's hearts. The people's hearts were hearts of stone. And so this new covenant that Yeshua brings is he takes out our heart of stone and he gives us a heart of flesh so that the Torah, the word of God, can now be written upon our heart. The best analogy I can give to this to make it a little more concrete, is let's say Moses went up to the top of Mount Sinai and God gives him the Ten Commandments on a USB stick. Not on two stone tablets, but a USB stick. He comes down the mountain and everyone there, what they have for listening to audios and looking at things is they have record players, old-fashioned record players. They, they have no device that can play a USB stick. And so the USB stick, with all of its information and contents, cannot be listened to or heard or seen because they don't have a device to be able to unpack it. Those record players represent hearts of stone. That's why they had the golden calf, why they built it, because they had a heart of stone. The law was external. It was not yet internalized into their hearts. But now, if once we are born again, and Yeshua takes out the heart of stone, and he gives us a heart of flesh, now Moses comes down from the mountain, and you've got laptops throughout the community, and they all have a port where you can put a USB stick in the port, and you can open up, open up what's on that USB stick, and you can see what's there. You can see and hear and listen and um, read what's there. Because now, instead of record players, you have these laptops. Now, instead of a heart of stone, you have a heart of flesh, and you can receive it. So the problem was not with the Torah. The problem was with the condition of the people's hearts. The hearts had to be changed. So Yeshua, if we're going to be a disciple of Yeshua, we're to walk as he walked. We're to walk in his footsteps. And Yeshua followed the Torah by the power of the indwelling Holy Spirit. Now, if we try to follow the Torah and we're not born again and we've not been filled with the Holy Spirit and it's just a religious spirit, yes, we're going to fail. We're just going to look like a bunch of Pharisees, a bunch of hypocrites with a spirit of religion. But if we've been born again and the Spirit of Yeshua dwells within us, the Holy Spirit, then by the power of that indwelling Holy Spirit, we can follow and obey the Torah by the power of the indwelling Holy Spirit. Now, the last thing I would like to unpack in this passage from Matthew chapter 5 is verses 23 
to 26. And this is dealing with conflicts in the family. Whether it's your blood family or your spiritual family. It says here, if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person. Then come and offer your sacrifice to God. Not very many people do this. Remember, it says, if you remember someone has something against you. Not that you have an ought with someone, but you know that they have something against you. Then go and be reconciled to that person. Go make amends. And then come back and offer your gift at the altar. So may we have the courage to do that. May we have the heart to obey that so that we can quickly settle our differences. If at all possible, we want to be at peace with all those around us and not add fuel to the fire. Have a blessed day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Shalom. Vish Mareka Yaya Adonai Anavilaka Vikuneka Yisa Adonai The Aaronic Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.